0: Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon, or of course, whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. We're going to skip the usual introduction because I'm a little bit tight on time today, and so I want to maximize every moment that I can while recording this podcast. And I want to talk about a few major things that I believe to be very important. The first one is a basic principle that often people don't follow which is when you ask somebody a question in terms of what you can do to improve in whatever language or languages you are currently learning, I highly recommend that you are very specific with your question. I received a question on Instagram, would have been, I think, yesterday. I'm actually going to read it to you because it's fascinating. And it's the prime example of what you do not want to ask. So somebody asked me, if you have free time, can you help me with grammar? It's really frustrating me. I then replied and said, what grammar points specifically? And the person replied saying, oh, um, I don't know, sorry. So basically this person asked, I know that they're learning Spanish, that much I know. And basically they, they wanted help with some Spanish grammar. And when I asked them what grammar points are hard, they're like, I don't know, sorry about that. And they didn't elaborate any further. This is the prime example of what you should not be doing. And to be honest, I do feel that everybody listening to this podcast here, most of you probably wouldn't go to that extreme. Most people probably don't go to the extreme of, I want help with grammar, but I don't know what what's hard with grammar. Most people probably don't do that. That's not the, t- I don't typically see that level of of broad question asking for the most part. Sometimes, yes, but for the most part, I don't. But even then, I think the more specific, the more targeted, the more the more you can accurately describe for someone and paint them a clear picture of this is hard for me, what do I do? The better you can do that, the more, the I'm sorry, the more helpful the response is going to be. I remember when I was a kid, I found this really difficult. I remember as a child, sometimes we would be doing different things in school, often in math class or science class, often in classes that were more, I suppose, logical based, so math, maths and sciences particularly math, to be honest. And I would say, Oh my God, I don't understand subtraction, or I don't understand multiplication. I don't understand this algebra. And the teacher would ask me, or my own mother sometimes would ask me, what don't you understand about addition? And I would literally say everything. I don't understand all of it. And that is not a helpful reply. What are they going to do from there? Reteach everything? Or if I say, I don't know what I don't understand. I, it's just hard. I don't understand it. You're not helping the teacher. You're not helping someone else help you figure it out. So I think it is important to do the, the, the best job you can to, to clearly, in an articulate manner, explain this is what's hard. This is kind of the element that I'm really struggling with. I understand it's not always easy, but but do your best. And the more specific you are, the better it's going to be for you. The second thing I want to talk about, which is a very basic concept as well, but again, someone left a comment on my social media and which is why I'm bringing it up. It is around traveling. So me as someone who enjoys learning other languages and interacting with people that come from a different cultural background, I enjoy traveling. It's fun for me and I try to do it as as frequently as I can. And one of the things that I hear reasonably, free, reasonably often is, Azrin, it's so great that you can travel, but I can't because I don't have the money to travel. And I would like to comment on this particular comment that people will make around not having enough money to travel. First of all, I, I do see where you're coming from. I do understand if you have a lifestyle currently where you earn a certain amount of money per month, per year, per week, per whatever, and you're spending it in certain ways and you have certain financial responsibilities or you like to 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 spend your money in, in, in ways that maybe I don't spend my money. Like, I do understand we all have our own unique financial scenarios. And so I do understand you looking at your bank account and thinking, I don't know how the heck I would ever find the money to travel. I mean, it's just physically, literally, I do not have enough. So I do understand that. However, it is actually shockingly easy or shockingly simple. I won't say easy because it's not easy, but in principle, it is actually shockingly easy to have the funds to travel once in a while. Maybe not every year or every six months or every month or anything like that, but once every five, six, seven, eight years, it is more than practical, more than practical. It is actually crazy how easy it is. Let me break down the math. If you save $25 every single month, 25 is not a lot of money. It is reasonably simple for people to save $25 a month for many of you. I understand not all of you, but for the vast majority of you listening to this, saving $25 a month is more than doable, okay? If you save $25 a month, you are going to have $300 after 12 months. $300 $300 is not enough time, is not enough money to travel, obviously, ch- unless you're just going to do a quick road trip or something to that effect. But even then, $300 is probably not enough. But if you were able to save $300 a year, aka $25 a month, after five years, you have $1,500. And that is enough to make a small trip. Heck, maybe even a, a larger trip. You can't travel anywhere in the in the world because maybe the flight ticket is too expensive, maybe the living expenses, the hotels or whatever, the hostels, wherever you're staying, that's a little bit pricey where you're going. So maybe not quite enough, but definitely might be enough for a lot of you, depending on where you want to go. And even if it's not enough, if you wait seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you're going to have $2,100 to $3,000, which definitely is enough to go take a trip. It's definitely enough. And so if you're just a little bit patient and you save a little bit of money, $25 a month, every month, I know the age demographics. No one very, I mean, I don't think there's, there's a very small percentage of you who are going to die in 10 years or five years. No, one's really 95 and listening to this or 87 for the I think anyway, maybe one or two of you, I don't know, but it's a, it's a, it's a young audience that you're going to be alive in five to 10 years. And if you save for five to ten years, you will be able to take that trip. And when you take that trip, it's going to help whatever. Especially if you take the trip to a country that speaks your target language, and you structure thing, you structure and plan your trip accordingly. You can use that to make some massive leaps forward in your target language, while simultaneously getting, getting um, a cultural experience that is going to open your eyes and is going to be incredibly enriching enriching for you and open your eyes to a different way of seeing things. And that's $25 a month. A lot of you, a lot of you can save more than $25 a month. You can save $50 a month and all of a sudden you can travel in 2022 and not, like that's two and a half years or you can travel in 2024, right? Or a lot of you can look at your current spending habits and I, I, I feel confident in saying a significant percentage of you spend your money in quote-unquote dumb ways. My definition of dumb is not that you're an idiot or that what you're spending your money on is not worth it or valuable, but if you truly deep inside of you feel that you would like to travel and practice whatever language or languages you're learning, and that's truly something that matters to you and, you're not, and you feel that you're not able to, I encourage you to look at your personal spending. I guarantee you can cut out $15 a month, $20 a month, $25 a month, maybe 50, maybe $100 a month. Maybe even significant number can be cut out reasonably simply, at least in principle. And all of a sudden now you're going from saving $25 a month to $90 a month. And you can travel way faster. Another thing that I recently learned about, I've never actually, I don't have personal experience with it, but From what I can tell, it seems to be a great way for you to go spend, you know, spend some time and go make five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars an hour. It's called Amazon Mechanical Turk. Turk is spelled T-U-R-K. Basically, it's it's a bunch of odd jobs that you can do on the internet. They'll pay like two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, four bucks, a dollar, ten dollars there's things like surveys, there's things like reviewing someone's data about something, they type something, they need someone to quickly review it for typos, random odd jobs that you find on the internet that you can literally do from the comfort of your own home, sitting on the laptop, just on your computer. And you can go make 50 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month in your downtime. So suddenly you're, you're, you're saving 25 bucks a month already right? And now you're earning an extra $20, $25 a month already. Now you're at 50. So it's very practical to travel again, not every year, but every few years, every five years, it's very, very practical to be able to do that, to travel like that without having max, without maxing out your credit cards, without having inc- incredible debt or anything of that nature. It's very, very practical. The, the one thing I will I will say on this topic, if you are someone who is choosing to spend Their finances in a different way because you are prioritizing other elements of your life at this time for example you have student loans or you have a credit card debt and you're choosing to put all of your extra money towards that to pay the debt that's different right that's different because you've actually made the choice to spend your money in a certain way to pay your debt and get that covered off and that's why you're not traveling more power to you you're making a responsible decision Or even if you're someone who's saying, hey man, I'd love to travel, but it's something I say I'd love to do, but I don't really deep down actually want to go do it. And I'd much rather go drinking with my friends. I would much rather spend my money on on buying a video game or on buying this and on doing that. And that's more power to you, That's, that's fine. But what I'm speaking to here is people who genuinely want to travel, whether it's for language learning purposes or just personal purposes, personal reasons, It is very doable for a significant percentage of you, even though that, that significant percentage of you might feel that it's not doable, it actually is incredibly practical. It is incredibly practical to do so. And I wanted to make sure I took some time on this podcast and shed some light on that and shared some insights on that that hopefully breaks through to one, two, three, four, five of you and plant some different seeds that weren't there in your mind before. Um, it's something I've done a lot. I've traveled a lot. It's very enriching. And I think it can help you guys with your languages and just in life in general. So anyway, I've got to wrap this up. I've got some other things I need to, I need to move on to work-wise. So thank you for your attention. I appreciate it as per usual. And we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now. See you.